Lord, we just thank you for these next few moments together. And I pray that you would speak to us, Lord. You'd challenge us. You'd encourage us, Lord God, as we look at your word in these moments together. I pray you'd help us to uh, grow in our faith, Lord God, and grow in our relationship with you. I pray that we would leave this place today more aligned with your purpose for our lives, Lord God, understanding that you have called us, you have saved us with a purpose, Lord God, that we would walk out your purpose in our daily lives, Lord Jesus, and understand that the individual callings that you've given us, Lord God, are unique and they're significant on our lives, I pray. And I pray you'd help us to take that away today in your mighty name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Fantastic. You can take a seat this morning. You're looking fantastic today. You're looking absolutely outstanding this morning. It's great to be in church together today, and uh, I'm really believing that God's going to do something powerful in your heart. And we've been doing a series called On Purpose, and I want to continue that today. And uh, today specifically, I want to talk about releasing leaders. We've been talking about the whole idea of the fact that our missions for our church is about uh, reaching people with the gospel message, raising disciples of Jesus Christ, and releasing leaders into their calling. And so over the last few weeks, we've covered those various areas. And today I want to speak about releasing leaders. Every one of us are influencers. Every one of us are called by God, saved and called with a purpose to be used by God to do something significant for Him. Not all of us would be on the platform, but some of us are called to be school teachers. Some of us are called to be uh, tradesmen, tradeswomen. Some of us are called to be doctors. Some of us are called to be nurses. Some of us are called to, to be sporting people. But we've all got a unique calling. And the thing about our calling is it doesn't just happen inside the four walls of this church. And so your calling isn't just to come and be on a host team on a Sunday or, or just to come and be part of the creative team on a Sunday and your calling is limited to that. Your calling is something that goes with you wherever you go out into your week. So when you go out to your workplace or into your family, wherever you go, you have a calling on your life to be able to outwork. We so limit it when we just bring it to the four walls of our church building. In fact, our gifts and our talents and our abilities are given to be able to be a blessing to those people that are around and about us in our life. And so it would be very limited just to, to confine it just to a Sunday service because we have so much to be able to give to our community and to be able to use our gifts for God's glory. In fact, I love in Matthew 5 verse 14, which was the scripture that was spoken over our church at the end of last year. It says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. That we would be the light of the world. Now next Sunday we're going to talk about missions as a church and really launch our missions and talk about all the various areas that we are contributing to as a church for missions over the next 12 month period and particularly about compassion and it's exciting because it's an expression of us being the light of the world. Taking our resource, taking our time, taking our giving, taking all that we have here and being able to shine our light across the world. 
And I want to encourage you next Sunday to come out and be part of it. It's going to be a significant Sunday. And just practically speaking, I just want you to understand uh, when it comes to next Sunday, we are going to be receiving an offering towards all of our missions program for the next 12-month period. And we're also going to give an opportunity for those that want to pledge an amount over the next 12 months as well. So something you can be considering and praying about this week if you want to be part of that. But also, uh, in addition to that, we will be having the opportunity to sponsor individually compassion children as well, which we are focusing on an area, a region in the northern Philippines that we will just continually sow into as a church and just believe for God's transformation to take place over the months and years ahead as we just keep sowing into that area as well. I know that Kathy and, and Amy and I have already got a sponsor and, and Clive have already got sponsored children in that area. And we as a church will be able to do that and do missions trips over there and visit these children as they just progress and grow and see where they go to school and where they go to church. And uh, I'm just really excited about the potential of that as we just shine our light. And what seems to be so small for us, just a small amount that we can give, can make such a huge difference in a young person's life on the other side of the world. And so I'm really excited about Mission Sunday. I want to encourage you to be here next Sunday for Mission Sunday. And I send my love from my wife this morning who is doing a prepare and enrich. She's doing a facilitator's training course this morning for um, our marriage counseling. And so she's over doing that this morning at North Parramatta and was there yesterday. And so it's been daddy daycare, or as any mum would tell you, just being a father um, <laughs> over, over this weekend for me. And so uh, that's been exciting as well. But anyway, back to the message. You are the light of the world. I love that thought that we are called to influence our environment. That we go into dark places and we bring light, we bring perspective, we shine the light of God on people and God's grace onto people's lives, and it makes a huge difference. I love in Ephesians 4 verse 11, it talks about the different gifts of the church. It says, and his gifts to the church were varied. He himself appointed some as apostles, which are special, special messengers or representatives, some as prophets who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct. I love those words, shepherd, guide and instruct. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. Until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity. I love that thought, that every one of us are called to play our part. We exercise our spiritual gifts, what God has given us, and together as we do it, we build up the body of Christ. We build up the church that together, I love that scripture that says God will build his church. But the truth of the matter is this, he chooses to use you and I. That we would play our part, that as he's building his church, he's using us as his vessels to play our part, to serve God in the different capacities. As we go out into our community every week, we are serving God with the gifts God has given us, and it's making a difference. As we serve God, as we trust him, as we shine the light of Christ out into our community, it makes a huge difference 
difference. Imagine if the church on the earth just disappeared tomorrow. The effect that would have on the community. The fact that the light of the world would be taken out and the world would just be in darkness. The different organizations that Christians have developed and started and aid and missions all over the world. That's the light of Christ that's shining out of us that would just disappear in a moment if the church of Jesus Christ left. The love and the grace that's shown from the people of God as they go out into their community every week would just be taken away. And how dark the world would be without each of us being influencers. I guess what I'm saying this morning is we are all leaders. We all have a part to play. God's called us. When he called us the light of the world, he called us influencers. He called us leaders. And so you may not feel like it. Perhaps someone's told you that you are the kind of personality or temperament that isn't a leader. Perhaps someone's told you that you are shy or that you are quiet or that you're not the person to be on platform. And perhaps they've spoken that over your life. But this morning, I want to remind you that God has called you a leader. So allow that voice to be louder than the voice of others that have wanted to diminish what's on your life. Be reminded again this morning that God has a purpose for your life and he has called you to be an influencer. It's okay to be quiet. It's okay to be different to the people that are around you. But in your own unique way, you can do something powerful. You know, some people are so quiet, you would never see them on a platform. But they can write a blog or they can write things that are so impacting that as you read them, they're like speaking straight to your heart. And you'll never see them on a platform, but they're words written. They may be the quiet type that have just written down some thoughtful words. And those words can shape people's life. So I want to encourage you this morning. What's your part to play? Where can you fit into the picture? What has God gifted you with to play your part as we serve? I think about myself I was this young punk kid that used to more enjoy climbing on the roof of the church and climbing on the school building that was around there when I was 13, 14 years old than actually going to church. And so I used to get up and climb around on this building with my friends and security would come and try and take us off the the roof of the building. I was just this little punk kid. But then someone took a risk on me. They invited me to youth and I went when I was about 15 years old. I got involved in the youth ministry and before I knew it, I got invited to do an offering message at youth on a Friday night. Now, it was one of those nights where just nobody turned up on that night. There was literally four people at youth, the youth pastor, me and two other people. And I was due to do the offering message that night. And I thought to myself, fantastic, I'm not going to have to do it tonight because they're just going to call it off because there's only four of us here in total. And uh, to my um, disdain and to my disbelief, the youth pastor introduced me to do the offering. I'm thinking, oh, this is horrible. And so I get up so nervously in front of the two people and the youth pastor that was there. And I do the offering message in front of these, these three people and I present it there. And I guess that was the start of me being released as a leader. From there, I just remember getting an opportunity about a year later to, to do a message in church as part of like a young gun, gun segment when I was probably 16 years old at church and was released. And then I remember when I was coming to the end of my schooling, I really wanted to do ministry. I was really excited about the opportunity to do that, but at the same time was really self-conscious about it and didn't want to be that person that was like, yeah, I want to work at church. And so I really wanted to do it. And I remember my pastor coming up to me because my youth pastor had been talking to me about it for months. And my senior pastor, as Dr. Wayne Richards was my pastor at the time, and he came up to me and, and he said to me, hey, listen, do you, you want to work in ministry? Is that what your, what your heart is? And I actually said no. 
because I was that nervous about it and that insecure about it. I said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And then my youth pastor jumped in and said, well, that's not what you told me. <laughs> and so then they start talking. I said, well, actually, I do. I just was embarrassed about it. And, and from that point, there was this opportunity over many months that kind of came by. And after I finished uh, high school, finished my HSC, I came on staff at church with a traineeship as the youth leader at, at our church. I took over from my, my youth pastor and I worked as a chaplain in the school and was also the cleaner of the school and the church and all of that area, which was a very humbling experience doing the cleaning. And uh, I re- literally finished my HSC on the Friday afternoon. I went to Hillsong Men's Conference through that weekend and then I started working at church at 6 a.m. on that Monday, which was a huge wake-up call. Started with cleaning the toilets on Monday at 6 a.m. before all the students arrived to be at school. And that was me being released into ministry. And the thing about that is, if I didn't learn to actually clean those toilets and learn to clean the classrooms and learn to clean the church and do those things right, I would have never had a pathway to be able to do anything else that was really in my heart to do. And so I was like, you know, like I think we all are when we're a young person, we're like, here I am, God, send me. And then when I was cleaning the toilets, I realized that's where God had sent me. (laughs) I thought it was platforms. I thought it was thousands of people. I thought it was impacting nations. I thought it was all of those things, but it was a toilet bowl. (laughs) And oftentimes we say, God, here I am, send me, I'm available. And then God sends us and we go, I don't like this, God. I don't like where you've released me to. But that's part of our journey. And if we're faithful in that, I remember hating it. I remember my supervisors coming into me and telling me, you're not cleaning it right. You need to go back and do this. You need to go back and do this. And I would say to them, but I've got to prepare for youth on Friday night. And they'd say, I don't care if you don't clean the toilets right. It doesn't matter because that's what your job is. And it was a humbling experience, but it was the best thing for me. And I thank God for those years. I thank God for those years where people were hard on me and developing me and, and speaking into me and, 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 and helped me to become who I am today. And I'm by no means polished and perfect today. But I think all of us are on a journey of growing and developing and being released as leaders. I love over this church when we see over the many years of this church There's been many prophetic words talking about leaders being released in this church. And I looked over some of the prophecies just this week and I just started to see over many years what had been spoken. Here's some prophecies. It says here, raise up the generations and build a multi-generational church. Number two was enlarge, spread out influence. Raise up the entrepreneurial spirit in the house. The doorway in this community is the youth. Reach and raise up Blue Mountains youth into kingdom values. I love those words. Incredible that they are part of our mission statement as well. I am raising up fathers and mothers in the house for the generations to build my family. And then this one, I love this. My sons and daughters of this house will go out into the nations of the world. Does that, that sound to you like some releasing of leaders? Like us just being equipped to be able to be released into God's calling for our life. And I'm really excited about the people that have already been released out into the different nations around the world. I think about Alicia Hinton. I think about Jono and and Steph McDonald and many others that have been released all throughout the world to be able to serve God in missions and serve God in the church. I think, how exciting is that? But there is more for this church. 
There is so much more of people being released into their destiny. And that doesn't have to just be on the other side of the world. That could be here in the Blue Mountains. It could be in many various areas around. I love in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you come with me there? Acts chapter 6, verse 1. A great passage that talks about the start of leaders being released in the early church. In Acts, obviously the book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It's talking about how the early church was formed and started. We see at the start of the book that they received the Holy Spirit and they're equipped and empowered to go out and spread the gospel. And it gets to this uh, chapter in chapter 6 and there starts to be some leadership dynamics where some people in the church as it's growing start to complain. Starts to be some murmurings about unhappiness amongst the people as the church is expanding. Some people are feeling like they're being overlooked. What's happening here is a pastoral care problem. Pastoral care 101. People are feeling like we're not being cared for. Usually when uh, somebody does leave the church, there's a, 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 usually a small dynamic of that where people would say, I don't feel like I was cared for. I don't feel like there was some appropriate pastoral care. And it's encouraging to know that that actually happened right back in the early church. It happens today all over the church, all over the world, but it also started back then. And so it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. Isn't it interesting that sometimes when God's performing a miracle, there's still discontent in the midst? Isn't it interesting when there's incredible things happening, the church is being formed, built, it's multiplying, they're having church growth, but in the midst of that growth is a problem. But I love in this scripture, in this scripture how a problem creates a pathway for leadership. It says, the Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Unhappy. Verse 2. So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. That sounds pastoral. (laughs) I love the early disciples' pastoral care. Verse 3. And so brothers, select seven men who are well respected and full of the spirit of wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching of the word. So it goes on to say that they were appointed. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. Verse 7 says, so God's message continued to spread. The numbers of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. What a miracle. But what really strikes, strikes me out of this passage And it struck me as I started to look at it is the fact that when these people started to complain and they started to be upset about this pastoral care problem that was people that were missing out on food compared to other people that they weren't getting a a certain amount, there wasn't an even spread, people weren't being cared for, you seem to be more focused on growth than you are on the people. That seemed to be the accusation that was being thrown at these early apostles and these disciples. But what they understood is they needed to spread the load. The answer to the pastoral care problem was in the people. The answer to the church being able to expand and grow and develop and continue to multiply, multiply as it should be, was in the people, was in the congregation that was there. The problem was there, but the answer was there 
at the same time. And I think about that when it comes to the church. I think about that when it comes to city church. The answer is here. God's called you and I to be part of this church here in the Blue Mountains, making a difference in our local region. And every one of us, as we play our part, can be part of seeing something significant happen. I love that the response of this was not that the disciples would just stop doing what they were called to do and run to the people and just begin to do things that would lessen it and that would not allow the church to grow. But they actually saw with the eyes of Jesus and said, you know what, actually, I see here that there is a problem, but we need to raise up other leaders so that we can continue to do more. And I want this church to be a leadership factory where people are released into their calling, where people are constantly given opportunities. You would have noticed over the last few months that there's been new people on this platform that have been doing offering messages or MC or doing different things. And, you know, it's a big stretch for those people to jump up and to to take those opportunities. But the idea behind that is that leaders would be released. Leaders would get an opportunity to be able to use the gifting that's on the inside of them and be a blessing to others. How boring would it be If every Sunday I got up, I did the prayer and praise, I did the announcements time, I did the offering, and then I give you a short break, and who is it again? It's Ben. He jumps up again, and he does does the the preaching, and then at the end of the service, I think, you know what? I'm going to take over the worship team as well. I'll conclude with a song, and then I'll lead the salvation prayer at the end. I'll tell you what, after 52 Sundays in the year, you'd be looking for another church. You're so sick of hearing Ben. But that's the blessing of a team, that there's different flavors. You know, when I preach, I'm going to connect with certain people. But when other people preach, they're going to connect with others. And that's okay. Because together, we're fruit salad. Together, I might be the strawberry, but someone else is the apple. We're all bringing something together. Hopefully, there's no nuts in there. But we're all all bringing something together that we can just make something beautiful. That people can come in from our community and they can experience church and they can just find a place where they can be at home. Where every one of us plays our part, there is no limits to the church growing. There is no limits to us being able to see people reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think about pastoral care when every one of us plays our part and we care for our neighbor. We care for the people in our church. There's no limits to the love that's expressed in this church. And I don't say that because there's a problem in this church because this is the most loving church you could ever be a part of. I hear that all the time, time and time and time again. People saying how hospitable, how lovely, how kind. People getting hampers, people being co- phone, getting phone calls, people getting followed up, people getting cared for in their time of need. And I just think that's a credit to you, the body of Christ, all of us together, loving and serving each other. So yes, we need structure to be able to see those things happen, but we all need to just play our part. And isn't it amazing as we play our part how God just opens up opportunities and we be released into our calling as well. So three quick things that I just want to encourage you about. Three, three qualities of leaders that I believe change the world. Number one, the first one's this. Availability. Availability. Like I said before, we all say when we're younger or we all say at some point in our life, God, here I am. Use me. Send me. But then we might be sent to a place where Our faith is tested. We've got to make the decision whether we are still going to be faithful in that moment. Sometimes we've just got to make ourselves available. 
I, I see availability as kind of like just being at the bus stop. Holy Spirit's coming by on the bus and he's going to pick up whoever's there, whoever's available in their heart, whoever's saying, God, I'm ready to be used. But if we're not there, we won't get picked up. We might say it, but if we're not positioning our lives in a place of saying, God, I'm available for you. When I get up in the morning, God, whatever opportunities you have for me today, I'm going to be available. The giftings and the talents you've given me today. Maybe you're a school teacher and there's, uh, you get up in the morning and you say, God, I'm available to the conversations that I might have today with the young people in my class. God, I'm available to talking to the people that are in our staff today as a conversation might happen. I'm going to make myself available even if it's an inconvenience to me because, God, I want you to use me. I want you to use my gifts and my talents and where I am right now for your purpose. I remember when I was about 16 years old, I was available. I had nothing much else except for availability. And I, there was this mission trip coming up to the Philippines. And I really wanted to go on this mission trip, but I had no money and I had no permission from my parents to go. My, my dad, my stepmom didn't want me to go over there. They didn't feel like it was safe. And so I just prayed. I said, God, I really want to go on this mission trip. I've got no idea how it's going to happen. I've got no money. I've got no permission to go. But God, you know my heart and I really want to go on it. And so I I rock up to church one Sunday, and unbeknownst to me, my pastor had already spoken to my dad, and and that agreed to allow me to go on this mission trip. So that was one problem solved. The second problem is I had no money to go. And so my pastor got up, Dr. Wayne Richards, he got up on the platform and he said, Church, who wants to see a miracle today? And everyone was like, yeah, come on. We want to see a miracle. You know, the church is excited. It's like, we're about to see a modern day miracle in this place today. And I mean, the ch- people are on their feet like, holla. You know, they're getting excited about what's going on. And uh, it's fantastic. And so everyone's going, yeah, they're cheering. And so here's the miracle. We are going to pay for Ben to go to the Philippines on this trip together. That's the miracle. The she wasn't as loud after that, but... <laughs> People start going, so this is how we're going to do it. I just want you to shout out a dollar amount that you're going to give. And so someone's going, I'll give 100. I'll give 200. I'll give 300. And this money starts racking up. I'm starting to think, I'm going to make a small profit here. And so they're giving out all this money. And I think it was $3,000 for me to go on the trip. And it was $3,300 that was raised. And so they said, there's spending money for you on the trip. So you can buy your food and all those kind of things over there as well. And I was completely covered to be able to go on that trip. I arrived at that service with only availability, no permission and no money. And I left that service with all the money that I needed and the permission to go over. And that was a life-defining trip for me on that trip in the Philippines. And I just think about what could be achieved if we're just available. You may not have the resource. You may not have all the things that you need to see your dream come true. But if you have got a dream in your heart that's there from God and you're available and you're diligent and you're faithful, God can open up the rest. If we do the natural right, God will bring the super to our natural and open up the opportunity for us to be able to do that. If we just be faithful in the small. I love the disciples. They're just there fishing, going along, doing their thing before they were called as disciples, just going along normal part of their day. Jesus just rocks up and says, hey, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And you think most people would say, are you serious? And back to fishing. But they were available. They were available in their spirit and said, you know what? Yeah, we'll leave everything and we'll follow you. And that was a life-defining decision. You think about 
maybe perhaps other people that were around that area that went, oh, no, I don't want to be around Jesus. I don't want to follow him. I've got too much stuff to focus on here. They would have missed out on so many miracles, so many opportunities that would have been there for them in their life. But yet these disciples were willing and available. They were open to the opportunity to be able to be sent. I love Jesus himself. He said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. We're looking for people that will be available. And leaders that are released are leaders that are available. The second thing is this, leaders that are teachable. There's a teachability about you. That you can actually be taught that someone can speak into your life and can bring correction and bring rebuke. I love that whole idea of pastoral care. When you think about pastoral care, you always think about a pastor as someone that loves you and they have a coffee with you and cake and that's a fantastic thing. But a pastor, when you look at it from a biblical perspective, is someone that brings correction, rebuke, challenge. You think about a shepherd. A shepherd is making sure the sheep don't go off course. And so we often, in our modern context, think about a shepherd or a pastor as somebody that we see all the good parts of it, but we also don't see the parts of correction. And I think we've all experienced that at times in our life. We've had a, a teacher that's come alongside of us or a pastor and they've, they've, they've challenged us and they've come alongside of us. And, and sometimes we respond to that in a negative way, but actually what they are doing is they're caring for us. They're showing us pastoral care. I love when Jesus says to Peter, he says to him, get behind me, Satan. When, uh, when Peter is trying to tell Jesus not to go to the cross, that was one of the most greatest pastoral care moments recorded in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus was saving Peter from himself. He says to him, get behind me. In fact, let me read it to you. He says, uh, where does it say? From that time on, in Matthew 16, verse 21, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And then he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord. He said, this shall never happen to you. Exclamation mark. Jesus turned and said to him, Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Do you love Jesus' pastoral care program? (laughs) I'm surely there was a Christian there that said, Jesus, that is not very pastoral. (laughs) Surely there was someone there that said, that is just not on Jesus. You're not being very friendly. But what Jesus was truly doing in that moment was showing love and was showing care to bring correction and to help Peter achieve his destiny. That moment was pivotal for Peter. Because that moment actually instilled in him a belief of trusting Jesus Christ and being able to follow him. And that's why Peter became that apostle that could preach in front of 3,000 people and they would get saved. That's why Peter could be raised up as this apostle that would go to his death believing Jesus Christ as a martyr and trusting him. Because he was learning not to trust in his own human thinking, but to trust in Jesus Christ. And don't all of us need somebody in our world to come alongside of us at times and say, what you're doing is not good. You need to be teachable. You need to, tra- you need to change that in your life. And I'm just so thankful for the people that have been hard on me and are still hard on me to help me to be teachable and to grow and to train. And here's the, here's the choice I need to make. I need to make the choice in my heart to allow myself to be teachable. 
to have the humility to say, you know what, I don't have all of the answers. I'm open to God, you doing something in my life. And you've been able to, to speak into my life through the different people that you've brought into it. And I've just got to trust you that I can grow from each of those moments. I've got so many stories of different times in my life where I've had to be the person that has brought in that correction to someone else. And the way that people have acted towards that has oftentimes not been the greatest way. I remember one time we had a bass player at our church. Maybe as the team want to come back up, actually. Maybe a bass player. Um, <laughs> just keys is fine. Keys people have always got a good attitude. But uh, I remember this time I just said to him, I said to this guy, mate, you're, you're causing so much conflict in front of well, all the other people that are in the team. You know, people are scared to talk to you. He was on platform on a youth on a Friday night and uh, he was meant to be playing the bass. We didn't have another option, but I just made the decision. I said, you're not playing tonight. Your attitude's not good enough. Your talent and your ability is fantastic, but your actual, actually your character is disqualifying you from being on the platform. And uh, his response to that is he stormed out. I tried to follow him. He stormed out. He came out into the bathroom and he punched the mirror in the bathroom and smashed it, smashed up his hand. I thought, gee, I made the right decision. (laughs) Because his character wasn't right. I remember another guy that was on one of our youth camps. He was playing the drums. And uh, he had this shirt on all about drinking beer and all this kind of stuff and we said to him mate that's not appropriate to wear at a youth camp what are you doing and so we challenged him to take the 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 shirt off and so he got upset about it and he brought his drum kit there and so he decided i'm i'm going home i'm packing up my drum kit and i'm going home anybody that understands about the drums it takes quite a while to unpack a drum kit so when you've had a tantrum it's not like you can just grab your guitar and i'm going home and so it took him about 45 minutes to pack up his drum kit and pack it into the car as he's sulking the whole way. But we were better without him because he wasn't teachable. And we needed to make that decision because it was better for the whole camp. There was such a presence of God. We didn't have drums. We had someone on a guitar, but God just moved in that place because God wants to use teachable people. And each of us have got to have the humility to be teachable. So many times we see in the Gospels that people left Jesus. They said it's a hard teaching and the crowds diminish. We, we think that Jesus was just leading a church that just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But he had times and seasons where people actually deserted him because they weren't teachable. They didn't want to receive what he was saying because it was hard. It was challenging. When he told them to take up their cross and follow him, they were confused by that. And some of us at times need to have that ability to be humble and say, God, I want to be teachable. If I want to be better, I've got to be teachable. And finally, the third and final thing to know, this morning is this, and I've invented a word here, faithfulability. Which is when you're faithful with your ability. You're actually faithful to outwork what you've been given. See, some, some of us are available Some of us are teachable, but the challenge is to be faithful through the different seasons where enthusiasm has left us, but we're still called to be faithful in those seasons and to trust God even in the midst. You know, Peter's a prime example of somebody that learned to be faithful, but he wasn't always that way. He denied Jesus three times after he said that he wouldn't. So faithfulness doesn't mean you never fail. It means that you learn the lessons 
through the seasons. I love that Jesus restores Peter. He comes and he cooks him breakfast on the beach and says, Peter, will you feed my sheep? Will you feed my lambs? He goes on to say to Peter, he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? What was he doing? He was testing Peter's faithfulness. Have you made the decision to serve me even when it's not going to be pretty? Even when you're going to be persecuted? Even when it doesn't feel like you get the opportunity? Will you be faithful anyway? And Peter passed the test. He made the decision. You know, I love the church of Jesus Christ because every given Sunday, there is just hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are gathering around the world that are faithful. Just the faithful church of Jesus Christ that gather and make it what it is today. It started with 12 faithful men and here we are today, millions upon millions upon millions of people later, just faithfully serving Jesus Christ. And when I think about times where I feel like I'm down or I'm disappointed or there's discouragement that kind of creeps in, I just think about the millions of people around the world that as I'm being faithful in my season, in my area, they're being faithful in theirs. And it gives me strength to say, you know what, I'm part of this huge thing called the church around the world where the faithful people of Jesus Christ are gathered just serving God. Releasing leaders. We're all leaders. We're all influencers. I just want to encourage you this morning to be available. I want to encourage you to be teachable. And I want to encourage you to be faithful to what God's put in your hand and what he's called you to do. You think about a child, I'll finish with this. You come out of the hospital, you get given this little child and then you take this child home and you feed it, you make sure that it sleeps, you look after it, change its nappy, clothe it. You go through the different seasons with this child of just helping it kind of develop by just continually feeding it, looking after it and you don't know what this child's going to look like in the future. You don't know what this child's going to grow up to be at some point in its life, but all you know is if you're just faithful to keep feeding it, changing its clothes, changing its nappies, looking after it, that one day it will grow up to be something significant. It will grow up to be a child that looks a certain way or a person looks a certain way or has a certain impact in the world and does something. And how did they get there? They got there from a parent Someone that was in their life that was just faithful to keep feeding them. Faithful to keep changing their nappies. It wasn't beautiful. But that faithfulness leads to a child achieving something. And someone did that for you and I. And now we are here today. Because someone was faithful with us. And they looked after the ugly parts of our life. And they fed us. And they were up late at night when we didn't want, you know, when we didn't want to sleep. But they wanted to sleep. (laughs) And we're here today because of their faithfulness. So I just think about how we can sow into the next generation if we're faithful to them and see them raised up and become all they're called to be. Reaching people, raising disciples and releasing leaders into their calling. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we want to see the church built up. We want to see the church in all of its glory becoming all that it's called to be. And I thank you as we've looked at the scriptures this morning, it's reminded us that as leaders, as light, as influencers, Lord, we all have a part to play. Our giftings, our talents, our resource, Lord God, is all given to us to be used for your glory. 
And I pray that we'd be faithful, Lord God. I pray that we'd be available vessels, Lord Jesus. I pray that we'd be teachable, Lord God. That we'd be used by you, Lord, to do mighty deeds. As we just humbly serve you, Lord God, where we are right now. And Lord, just like today, we may feel like we're just a child today. But as you just keep feeding us, Lord, as you just keep sowing into our life, as we just grab your word, Lord God, and meditate on it and allow it to impact and change us, Lord, who knows the possibilities of what you're going to do in our life. As we're faithful with our gifting, who knows where that will develop and and what it will become. Lord, this morning I pray, Help us to understand the responsibility to release leaders and others that are around us, Lord. But help us to also understand the leader that you've put in us and understand that you've called us with a purpose. I pray that we'd leave this place with responsibility on our shoulders, Lord, knowing that you've not just called us to heaven, but you've called us to live here on earth and be influencers and leaders, Lord God in our friendships, in our families, Lord God, in our workplaces, wherever we are. And Lord, I pray this morning that we would be released as leaders, that leadership would be released in this place, and that we'd see more and more leaders rise up, influences that would change the world. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus Christ, a relationship with him changes everything. It changes the dynamic of your life. It changes the direction of your life. It changes absolutely everything. And when we're talking about leadership, it all starts with a relationship with Jesus. And so this morning, I want to pray the sinner's prayer because I'm never aware here this morning. I can't see into anybody's heart. I can't actually see what's going on on the inside of you. I see your happy faces on the outside, but God knows what's going in on the inside. Perhaps you need to make a correction this morning and Realign, make sure your relationship with Jesus is right this morning. Perhaps you've never had one and you need to start a relationship with him this morning or you've just drifted off course and you know you need to get back with him this morning. Well, as I pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you and we're going to pray it together as a church to repeat it after me and just mean it in your heart. And allow God to do the work on the inside of you today as we pray this prayer together. So come on, church, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my heart. For my sin, I'm sorry. I choose to serve you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for your love for me. Help me to serve you each day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, that's the greatest decision you can make. We have a welcome lounge just out in the foyer area after the service. I want to encourage you to go out there if you made that decision this morning for the first time or recommitted and and go and grab a Bible off someone or meet someone. Or if you're just new this morning, go into the Welcome Lounge and meet some of the team. We'd love to have you here. But I just want everyone to know there is a place for you. This is a family. This is a home. We all have responsibilities to play. And we're talking about releasing leaders. We need mums and dads. We need sons and daughters to rise up. We need each one of us to play our part to see the church build and grow and strengthen. And I believe rapid growth is on the other side of us releasing leaders to be able to all play our part so that together God can push the church forward. We have the capacity to be able to handle the growth as people come into this place as it already is happening and just continue to see it grow in Jesus' name. So come on, let's worship Jesus one more time this morning before we conclude.